You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Carry Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. So like I said, I'm continuing with what I started two weeks ago and I'm continuing with the the face of God investigate the word three. The face of God investigate the word three. So we got to realize that For everybody that was able to walk with God, they took the word of God seriously. They had a certain understanding to the word. They saw the word of Christ and Christ as the same. They saw the word of God and God as one. And so, if you see a Christian that is able to move mountains and do exploits and greater works they are like Mary they are not like Martha and we have a lot of Marthas in our days and time (laughs) who go about busy body but don't know the word. They don't know God. You know, if you read First John, First John says that if you say you love God and you hate your brother, he said, then you don't know God. Now, he didn't say you don't have God. You don't know God. You can't recognize God. Now, what he's basically saying is that you don't know you. Because you have been born again in the image of God and yet you don't know what you have been made of. (laughs) 
You don't understand his nature. You don't understand his character. When you see him, you can't even recognize him. You're not one with him. And so the last scripture we read for yesterday was Colossians 3, 16 to 18. That said that let the word that is spoken by Christ or the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds. You see, you are housing God, but God is not at home in you. <laughs> you are housing God, but God is not at home in you. Somebody can come to your house, but they don't feel at home. In other words, they are not themselves in your house. They can't be in their elements in your environment. Okay, so there are many of us, <laughs> we house him, we contain God, but God is not at home in us. Why? Because we don't know him. How do we know him? His word. What is his word? His image, his dominion, his light, and his life. He actually gives us some adjectives to work with. Let him dwell in you in all its richness. Investigate the word. Study the word. And you will know God in his richness. You will know how rich you are. You will know how wealthy you are. You will know how valuable you are. You will know how strong you are. Now, when you are filled with the word, I have, have in other versions it says to the overflow. Let the word of God dwell in you to the overflow. And I normally use this illustration that if you open a tap, it's water that flows. Because why the tap is over flooded with water or flooded with water. Okay, so the moment you open the tap, water flows. Now, when you are opened up, what comes out of you? When situations and circumstances open you up, what comes out of you? 
It will tell what you are filled with. So if you have him, for all that we've been teaching, if you have him in your mind, and that's your hope, in any situation, you will speak it. That's what will come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he said, as you teach, do you get it now? As you teach and admonish. So if you are encouraging, you would encourage not with motivational speeches. You would encourage with the word. You would teach the word. And when you are teaching the word, you are teaching God. You see, that, that's exactly, you are flowing in the image of God. <laughs> you are flowing in the spirit of God. Because the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are what? Life. So you see, when you are actually teaching the word, as I'm teaching the word, I am teaching the spirit. I am flowing in the spirit. I will bring all together in the next. So, if you ever, every time you see the flow of the spirit, it is the flow of the word. Anytime you see the flow of the word, it is the flow of the spirit. Anytime you see the flow of the spirit, it is the flow of the Christ. (laughs) Do you understand me? Okay, so he said you teach, admonish, and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom. Now wisdom is doing it. Is doing it. So you find yourself now doing it. Living it. It becomes what is what? It becomes your lifestyle. That's why he says that in spiritual things as you sing. So you see you're walking, you're singing it. You are talking it. You are working, you're living it. So wherever you find yourself, you're flowing in the image of God, in the spirit of God. You're flowing with Christ. Oh, praise God. Is that very clear? Okay? And because... He is grace. His word is full of grace. So he says, with grace in your heart. Because he is grace. His words are graceful. Or grace-filled. Praise God. So you begin to live a graceful life. A life filled with the grace of God. Praise Jesus. Look at 17. Can you see 
He's talking about what you do. You see that. So it must lead to your lifestyle. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name. I explained that yesterday in the office. In the office of the Christ. In dependence upon his person. Giving praise to God. The Father through him. Praise God. So you do it in his word. Name. Office. In his office. Say in his office. So. You know how we can do this thing, but we do it with a lot of ego. You know the people who, they can live the word and teach the word, but it is a puffed up spirit. You know that thing. Yeah. It's a puffed up spirit. But here, you can see clearly that he's speaking to we making sure that the intention, the object of whatever we are doing is with or in accordance to the office, his death, burial, and resurrection is it must be faith based in who? The Christ. Praise God. It must not be in ourselves. The moment it's in yourself, it is no worship. The authentication of our worship is in the office of the Christ. Praise God. Is that very clear? All right. So, I explained this to you yesterday. How this is linked to what we're talking about. Christ wants us to be subject. I mean, if you understand what marriage is, it's an example of Christ and his glorious church. Okay, so the wife represents the bride. That's the church. Okay, and then the bridegroom is Christ. Okay, that's why the man is more like the head of the family. As Christ is the head of the church. Okay, so the woman is meant to submit to their own husbands. So we as Christians, as the church, the bride of Christ, submit to Christ. Who is Christ? His word. Praise God. So we submit to Christ Who is the word? Who is the word? Who is the word? So just like the wife should submit totally to the husband, we are to submit to the word of God. And it's a one-way submission. It's a one-way submission. It is a one-way what? Submission. 
is not like equal rights. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I said, go and sleep. You two, have you slept? All right. So, you see, the word should be like an instruction to us. Our obedience to the word should be, should, should not be questionable as the word. It should not be questionable. We, we are told to do it and we do it. We, we, we don't look around to see who is doing it and who is not. <laughs> no, we, we don't do that. Did you realize clearly that Mary did not look at Martha. <laughs> I mean, she was like, there's something I need to get. I am listening to this man, every detail of what he has for me, and I'm taking it. If you choose to serve at that time, do it. It's one of the things that I always tell my leaders, I mean everywhere, that I don't want people to be serving whilst the word is going on. And it is something that irritates me. I don't, I don't want to see it. Because it is the reason we are here. Every other thing is secondary. So when it comes to the word, everybody must be attentive. Everybody must sit and sit at his feet. Praise God. If you go to certain churches, you see that the pastors sit here behind the pulpit. You know that thing. And they face you like this. Have you seen that thing before? Okay. So if I'm the preacher man and I'm preaching, I'm standing here, they are behind me. Do you know what that means? They are bigger and above the word. And you would actually see it in their posture as the word is going on. But the word is for everybody. Including the one preaching it. Oh, praise God. <laughs> so we all sit at his word. Feet. All of us. Okay, so when we come and air conditions and, and no, 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 no. And then this person is fidgeting. That person is, no. This person's phone is ringing. No. No, no. Absolutely no. You must be sitting at the edge of your chair with your five senses here. And you listen from your spirit. So that the gates of your eyes, ears, nose, 
feelings, everything will take it in. Praise God. You must give it your rapt attention. Like Mary did. Okay. And that's actually the example of we submitting or the wives submitting to their husbands. Is that very clear? Okay. I told you what the word, the Greek word is um, hypotasso or hypotasso. Yeah. To put in subjection, to subordinate, to submit, to place or to arrange under, to render obedience. All right. Let's go to Philippians. So, this is Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian church. And he would speak to where his confidence is and what he is as a believer attaining to be in what Christ has already made him. And he speaks profoundly to the journey into it. Now, he starts by saying, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. I'll speak to John 4 in the next edition. But he clearly states how we worship God in the New Testament. As Jesus said in John 4. In John 4, Jesus opened us up to how worship is going to be in this dispensation. It's not going to be about location anymore. He is going to live in human beings. And therefore, everything will be going on within us. As we contain God. As we house God. Our worship is to make him feel at home in our hearts. Praise God. By his word. And we are opened up by his word to fellowship with him. To fellowship with him. And he says, just like in the law, they had to do physical circumcision for you to be a part, have a covenant in the law. He said, our covenant was struck by God the Father and the Christ. And we are birthed by the Spirit. So that is our circumcision. So he says, we are circumcised by the Spirit of God. Praise God. Now, in this circumcision, it is not by the hands of men. Praise God. It is by the resurrection of the Christ. 
Are you getting the point? Yes. Okay, so it is the circumcision of the heart where we believe unto righteousness. Okay, and that's how our worship begins. So when you lift up your hands and say, I believe that Jesus died and resurrected, you are circumcised, born by the Spirit. You have become the righteousness of God. And then you start having fellowship with God by his word, which is his image, his dominion, his light, and his life. Praise God. Okay. So, that's why he says, for we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. In other words, in what Christ has done for us or what Christ has made us. Praise God. And have no confidence in what? In the flesh. Check this. Why is he saying no confidence in the flesh? Look at how he's going to start. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am also. Next. Circumcised the eighth day. That is what gets him into the law. Do you understand the point? Whilst by the law I am circumcised physically, to become one in Christ, I've been circumcised. My confidence is not in the fleshly circumcision. That is done physically. It is in that which Christ has given me. Praise God. Do you understand that? Did you understand that? Is that very clear? Okay. <laughs> All right. Then he says, of the stock of Israel. So that's why the, of the stock of the covenant people. Are you getting the point? Because it's by circumcision. Do you get it? Good. Okay, we go there. Of the tribe of Benjamin, I explained yesterday. Came from the tribe of the first, this thing. Saul came from that tribe. The first king of Israel. Hebrew of Hebrews. Concerning the law. A Pharisee. Highest. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. I was killing. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. As far as nobody has caught him doing anything. Yes, because that's the law. Blameless. So far as nobody knows what is going on in his mind, it's fine. Are you getting the point? Yes. And with that record, he's clean. Okay. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Two opposing words. You are either gaining or losing. And he clearly states that in what you see as gain, 
I see as loss. And what you see as a loss, I see as gain. We have come once again to the pattern of opposing cultures. What the world sees as gain, I see as a loss. What the world sees as a loss, that's my gain. I just met somebody who were talking. And he says, I, I, I said, he said, oh, he asked, I called him and he said, oh, my other phone is no way. I said, hey, you are the big man. You have two phones. I was just joking. I said, oh, no, 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 I'm not. I said, oh, I, do you have Christ? He said, yes. I said, if you have Christ, you are rich. Because we are wealthy in him. Praise God. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, the world may see your pocket and say you are poor. But in Christ, you are rich. So, Apostle Paul says, my confidence is not in the systems of the world. My confidence is in who Christ has made me. Praise God. And that's why he ended by saying, I counted loss for who? For who? For Christ. So it's not in himself for Christ. Praise God. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence. Diaphora. Excellence for the virtue that is in the knowledge of the Christ. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Look at the difference. He has already told us he has Christ. Why is he gaining Christ? He used the word for the excellence of the knowledge. The intimacy, recognizing him, knowing him, becoming one with him in knowledge, in understanding, so I can live like Christ. Oh, are you here with me? Cardozas. Hey. And be found in him, so that I am not, you see, many of us, we are in Christ. But are we found in him? We are in the fringes. (laughs) We are not found in him. We are not rooted in him. We are not established in him. Are you here with me? Be found in him. Watch this. Not Having my own righteousness. Which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. This was very new to Israel and to the world. Because all they knew was you do it, you work it. 
And he has begun a journey of the righteousness by faith in Christ. He needs to have intimate knowledge of this inheritance. Oh, praise God. And have no doubt about what this whole thing is about. And take everything like Mary that he has to take. Oh, praise God that I may know him. (laughs) That I may know him. Say that I may know him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The word he used there, know, is the word ginos. Or ginosko. Is the same word gonai. The same word. It means to recognize. As a matter of fact, It means to have sexual relationship or relation. Intimacy. I told you it's the same word as they said in Genesis that Abraham knew Sarah. But the word Hebrew, the Hebrew word used there is the word yada. So yada now is used here as ginosko. Hello? Intimate knowledge of something that I may know him. That I will become one with his mind. One with his heart. I have received him in me. But I want to be one with him in knowledge. You can marry somebody and yet not know them. Hello? Oh, true or false? You can have a husband and a wife at home and they don't know each other. So Paul says, I have him. He is in me. But I need to know him for me. Praise God. Become one with who he is. The way he does things. Ah, Are you getting the point? Yes. And everything he has made me, I can begin to reflect that. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. Colossians told us, that we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The office. That's what the same thing he's talking about. The post-resurrection effect. The resurrected life. Praise God. How to live this resurrected what? Life. What inheritance was left for me? I want to know everything. And the fellowship of his sufferings being 
conformed to his death. This is the killer. The same word that it uses, koinonia. Fellowship. Together. We will have, Jesus, one thing in common. The same way he suffered to save me. I want to have that common commonness of his suffering. And I am ready to suffer the same way. For others to be saved as well. Are you getting it? Hey. Everybody has left me here. Alright? So, so, the common, common suffering, common, he's saying that he went through something. I want the same thing. Whatever measure he took, I'm ready to take the same measure. May we receive grace. Same measure. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So he's looking. You see his view. His view. Rising with Christ. Oh, praise God. Rising with Christ. Now, this is the statement that tells you the heart of Apostle Paul. That whatever he's talking about is not boasting. You see, when people talk, you will know the spirit behind their speech. When you see the grace of God in their heart, I explain that in Colossians, right? Chapter 3. Where he said that we should do it all with grace in our hearts. This is the evidence of what he himself wrote. In everything he has said, he's saying, I am not saying it because I am there. I am not saying like the one who has, has arrived. Oh, are you here with me? have not arrived. I have not. So, he he says, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected. In my spirit, I am perfected. But I am on a journey. Praise God. And I need the grace of God to strengthen me. To help me. To work me through. I am willing. I have spoken what I want to do. I have spoken how it must be done. But I will need the grace of God. Oh praise God. 
But I press. Say, I press. Oh, say, I press on. The word press there is the word dioko. Yeah. It's the word dioko. D-I-O-K-O. It actually means to pursue. To run swiftly in order to catch a person or a thing. Are you here? Write it down. It's like a one who is running a race to reach a certain goal. So it's like this young man, the Jamaican, Usain Bolt, is running 100 meters and the line, the finishing line is there. And he's doing everything within his lane in the rightful way to make sure he hits the mark. Praise God. Now, the word has certain descriptions that are amazing. To pursue in a hostile manner. In any way whatever. To suffer persecution on account of something. To be mistreated. Jesus. Apostle Paul is saying, I've not attained you. I'm not perfected. I will pursue this thing. Say, I will pursue. And he says, I don't care how I will be mistreated. I don't care what persecution I will go through. I will do whatever I need to do to reach my goal. Praise God. I bring to mind the song of this lady, Sissy Winans. It wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Do you remember he said that he actually wants to be in that common, the commonness of the suffering of Christ? Apostle Paul has been told by the eyewitness account of how the master prayed till he sweat blood to go through. And he said to himself on the account of the master 
I will do same. He was told of how he was beaten, spat on his face, just to save him, a killer and a murderer. There is nothing he did that I should not do. I want to be one with him in his suffering. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I press on that I may lay hold. Say lay hold. Do you know the word there? Is the word katalambano. <laughs> katalambano. That I may seize. I may grasp. Kadolia grestendoliasas. I may overtake. Hey. <laughs> Jesus. Watch the statement. Of that which Christ has also laid hold of of me. You see, scripture is just beautiful. Watch this. Everybody watch it. That I may lay hold I may seize. So I run like a madman. Sometimes I may lose my dress. Sometimes I may be beating and smitten. Sometimes people will mock and call me names. Sometimes I may not have money. Sometimes I may lose my reputation. Sometimes I may lose everything. But I won't stop running. Till I cease. Till I cease. Till I take hold. Of what Christ. Has laid hold. Of me. So what Christ has done already is to lay hold of me. Hey, I run in his power, in his strength, in his ability regarding what he has already done with me. Oh, praise God. So he say, I am running. It's, listen back, it's my will. 
but my will is already what he has done. It's my choice. I, I will press. But in my pressing, he is the one pressing. Because he has laid hold of what? Of me already. So I don't run in my strength. I don't press in my strength. I am seizing all that he has already made me in himself. So it's not like somebody who is chasing things that has to now be given to him. He says, everything I'm chasing, he has already given to me in me. He has laid hold of me. (laughs) So I'm not chasing something outside. It is all in me. All I need to do is to say yes. And when I say yes, the strength will come. When I say yes, I will be able to go through. When I say yes, everything else will start working for my good. For which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. He seized me. Praise God. (laughs) So my seizing, my holding on is not of me. He has laid hold of me already. Oh, praise God. And I press in his strength. Praise God. In his ability. Praise God. In all that he has already made me, which is in me. So Paul is saying, I am his prized possession. I am his property. Peter will say, I am a priest. I am a king. I am the one who is the special, peculiar person. Are you getting the point? Yeah. We are peculiar people. You know that. A holy nation. God's prized possession. That's what he said. He's laid hold of what? Of me. That's why he will say that I am what I am by the grace of God. He said, I worked hard more than all the others, yet not I, but the grace of God that is at work in me. Are you getting the point? Praise Jesus. 7, 8. We will stop here. I'll continue tomorrow.
I'll continue tomorrow. I'll continue tomorrow. So, what does Apostle Paul say? Everything he's talking about is knowing God by his word. And he'll be able to run with God and to be everything that God has already made him to be. So listen, Paul's revelation was because he had a desire. He had a desire to know God for him. And that's why he was the one who received most of the revelation of the post-resurrection. He had a desire to walk with God. It was a desire. Don't forget, what you eat, you shall not be restrained. He had hope in the Christ. That's why he was killing and persecuting because he really wanted to understand. He really wanted to know. And so the day he entered the zone and realized he's found, he desired to know what his death, barrier, and resurrection means to him. It made all the difference. It was not because he was special. It was not because he came from heaven. It was not because God decided to choose him. No, he was elected because he had the desire. Are you here with me? He had a desire. He had a desire. You don't see these writings in any of the apostles. You don't. And we're going to read what Peter wrote about it. We're going to go into that as well. Okay. And that's why Paul was able to do so much. Why? Because Paul recognized him. Even than those who were eating with him. Hey, are you hearing me? Yes. They recognized him. He knew him. He knew him. Do you know that what Paul is saying right here? Paul was actually speaking to. They said that I may know him. Do you know that he's quoting Daniel? They that know they are God, they shall be strong and do exploits. They say, oh, what Daniel was talking about, this is it. And he used the same word, intimacy. It's the same word Daniel used, yada. He used the Greek version of that word, kinosko. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. 
That is the only way I can do exploits in him. Until I have intimate fellowship with his word, there's no way. He has gone, but by his spirit, I see him by his word. The spirit reveals his word to me because the spirit testifies of him. I know him. By the time we are done with this, I pray that your hunger, your passion, and everything is driven towards the word. That anytime you walk, any situation, you'll be speaking the word. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you speak the word to it. And if it, it loses life, it, lose, it, it lost life, it will find life back. It will take life back on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It will. It will. By the time we are done, you should... But You see, you are so filled in your spirit, in your mind, that your tongue doesn't have a choice. You will use your tongue, right? Oh, like the pen of a ready writer. You will write your own life in the way God has already made it in Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You will write it with your own tongue. Somebody calls you and they are speaking trash. You speak the word. They call you names. You speak the word. You are the one to write what Christ has already laid hold of you. Rise to your feet. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.